Welcome to Creative Abundance with Aubrey Westland. I'm Aubrey, your host. Over the past decade, I've ventured through the world of entrepreneurship, launching three businesses from the spark of an idea to thriving ventures. And now I'm eager to share those insights with you. Here, creativity and finance don't just coexist, they harmonize. Join me as we plant ideas, nurture dreams, and collectively harvest the riches of creative abundance. Hi, hi, everyone. So I'm going to try and keep my intro short today because we have a really great episode with one of my favorite gals, Casey Crow Taylor. And I'm just really excited for you to dive into this episode. Casey is... She's just iconic, in my opinion. (laughs) I've started calling her our marketing mother. And that's what she is. She's been around the block. She's worked for brands like Victoria's Secret, Birchbox. She's worked for some pretty big name personal brands more recently. She's built her own brands and quite quickly and successfully. I know that after she quit, I think it was Victoria's Secret, which also she's in the documentary about Victoria's Secret for like basically being body shamed while working there. And I know that she's done a lot of like speaking out and telling her story in the press and stuff like that too. But she built a wedding photography business And after having her first daughter, she kind of pivoted back into marketing, but working for herself. She also, I know she does a little bit of coaching or she did. That's how I first met her. She's probably one of one of the best experiences I've ever had with coaching for myself has been with Casey. And I've worked with her in a couple different ways, but I feel like every time I work with her, it's really just, I've, it's been a turning point in my business. And it's a sort of thing where I work with her and then stuff just trickles in for months and months afterwards. She's really helped me personally set up systems like with my email marketing She's helped me pitch myself to podcasts, which then obviously led to me having the courage to start my own podcast. And that's why I'm really excited to have her be a part of Quarter 4 Quantum Leap because now all of you have the opportunity to work with her in a, in a similar capacity and be able to get those similar results as I did. So rather than me just teaching so rather than me teaching the things that I learned from her I just said why not bring Casey into the course and let her teach all of you from her own mouth (laughs) and we'll talk about that a bit today she's gonna give you some great tips on email marketing in this episode and there's also like the thing I just love about K- Casey is her vulnerability and her stories and like she's willing to share her own failures and she actually does that today. I'm just really excited for you all to listen to this episode and really just take it all in. 
As a reminder, Quarter 4 Quantum Leap is now open for a limited time. So it's only going to be open for a week because we really want to get people in there and have you get started on your digital products. There is a bit of a timeline to this course and we really want you to get started right away. So that's why it's only open for about a week. So yeah, I hope that you enjoy this episode with Casey Crow Taylor. Casey, welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to have you on today. I'm so excited too. And to talk about one of my favorite email. Yeah. I know. I love it. So I have personally, like, I've taken tons of courses on email marketing, but I feel like yours, do you remember when you did, what did you call it? Like biz class? Biz class, yeah. You did the biz class classes and you had one on email marketing. And that was like my favorite email class or course that I've ever taken. I loved doing biz class. That was like two years ago. But it's probably like one of my favorite things I've ever done. It was so fun. Sometimes I just feel like courses can be too long and there's too much information for me to digest. And I just like. I liked the way that you, I feel like you got all the important stuff in there, but nothing that was just going to like make me feel overwhelmed or distracted. And I, I got a lot set up after taking that class, like as in like my welcome sequences. And I don't know if you want to talk about what those are today, but if anyone listening has ever downloaded my little black book of stock photo agencies i have like a welcome email sequence that you get after that and i don't remember how it's maybe like five emails over a few weeks that you get that just kind of like adds more value to the thing that you're downloading and it's just like a really great way of nurturing your new email subscribers So I think one thing about some other courses is that I think a lot of people overcomplicate courses to make it seem like, like, it's like they have to extra prove that it's like worth the money, right? Like, so they kind of add extra steps when really it can be so simple, Um, especially for like a small business owner who is a solopreneur. But then, you know, I've also worked with entrepreneurs who have million dollar businesses and we are building funnels that are producing hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. And, you know, the strategies are the same. They're just like amplified by other things, right? They're amplified by Facebook ads. They're they're amplified by like, you know, really great webinars and they're, they're like amplified by all these other things, but like everybody has to start with this one simple formula when it comes to just getting your email list started. Like everybody starts in that same place. And then as your business grows, you want to figure out other strategies that will just help amplify the already simple system that's working. Like it doesn't, and then of course it can get like as complicated as you want it. Like I spent most of last year 
basically building a case study on all of Jenna Critchin's <laughs> email funnels, like all of them. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. So I basically like it was kind of like, you know, what is that saying? Like, don't listen to what I say. Watch what I do kind of thing that Gary Vee says all the time. Yeah. Who I love forever and ever. There's been so much bad press about him lately. And I'm like, why? Anyway, I digress. But like, you know, Jenna Kutcher has an insanely complex email funnel system. But she didn't, it didn't start out like that, right? Like she kept adding a layer upon a layer. And that's why like, when it comes to email marketing, like one of the, one of the most important and crucial things you can do is just start. I think it can be overwhelming when you look at somebody like a Jenna Kutcher and you're like, how am I going to build all this? But like, you have to remember that she started out with one freebie, one welcome funnel. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Right. What do you think, like, maybe you could give some practical tips. When you say just start, what do you think people should focus on in the very beginning so that they don't get overwhelmed and distracted by all these, like, funnels and talks of sequences and all of that? Like, what's your advice for just start? Okay, so there's two different ways you can go about just starting. If you are a small business owner, you have not one single person on your list. It's like starting from scratch. So you would either start like so there has to be a reason for someone to join your email list and it has to be a compelling reason. Like it's not just like, of course, there's going to be people like your friends and your mom and maybe some like long term fans who are just going to want to be on your email list because they love you. There's definitely a small percentage of that. But if you want to grow your business and you want to grow your customer base, then you need a compelling reason for people to join your email list. So the first way would be to provide valuable and compelling content in a weekly or monthly newsletter format and tell people why why they should join the list. Like, are you going to give your... I always go to wedding photographer because that's how I got into this whole self-employed world so like (laughs) if you're a wedding photographer like are you going to offer your clients like you know how to get better photos on your iphone once a month i don't know just think about your customer base think about the people who are buying your products and think about like what they need like i don't know like there's there's so many ideas when you started did you start with one thing like that or did you like try different things to see what people were interested in yeah so like so before we get into that it's just like you either like do a newsletter where you're providing like valuable content compelling content or you start with building a freebie download that has valuable content that people are going to find really useful and you just start pulling people onto your list Like, so that's Mm -hmm. the very first thing. Like, so you either need to figure out like, and what you could do if you're going the newsletter route is like build like a 90 day content calendar so that when you sit down to write your newsletter every week or every other week or every month, consistency is, is showing up when you say you will. It's not about quantity. It's about being consistent. So if you say that on the first of every month, you get a newsletter from me. Just do it monthly. That's just as valuable as doing it every week, as long as you're consistent. 
to your customer, the value is the same. And we can get into like how sending more emails will make you more money later, but to stick on Mm -hmm. getting started. So if you're going to go the newsletter route, I would suggest that like getting together some kind of 90 day content calendar would be really helpful for somebody because then like before you start, you have an idea of some things you can write about and it feels less overwhelming. So then if there's somebody who maybe they're not ready to email their list every week yet, although I think that's an important component for both of these, but you just want to start getting people on your list, you would create a really valuable freebie. So what I did when I started building my email list in 2019, when I knew I didn't want to take my full calendar of wedding clients anymore as a wedding photographer, it was the first year that I was a mom. And all of my weekends, I like didn't see my husband for a year. (laughs) So we like weren't together as a family as a year. And that was hard. (laughs) Um, But I was like, I need to figure out a different way to supplement the weddings that I'm, you know, because I'm cutting my income in half by not taking on as much weddings. Anyway, so in 2019, I started building. We have a very similar story in that regard. It's like as soon as you have children, you're like, wait a second, weekends are really important to me. I need these days like for myself and for my family. And it's hard because like I do know friends in the industry who it's not that big of a deal to them because their partner works from home. So like they see their partner right. Monday to Friday and they have like evenings together. Or they but they school like, their kids. Yeah. So like they're together as a family. And it's not just that precious weekend time where, like, when my when I had my first daughter, Margot, my husband was gone for 14 hours a day, Monday to Friday. So I was alone. Oh, wow. Um, and he was, he pretty much was gone by 4 a.m. And he wasn't home until 7. And Monday through Friday. And so weekends were literally all that we had together because most of the time, like, yeah, he was basically, so like, rough. ready to go to bed by the time he got home. Sure. So I was just like, oh my gosh, like, and I also took six months of no weddings with her. So I crammed my normal amount of weddings in the last five months of the year. So I was literally shooting at almost at least two weddings a weekend from September to December. So that was also, but anyway, so in 2019, I started building my email list and I started with one freebie. And before I was a wedding photographer, I I worked in public relations and marketing, specifically social media and content marketing for seven years before I started my own business. So I had worked at Victoria's Secret, S.A. Lauder and Birchbox. Um, And so I had really great content marketing experience. Um, And so I was like, why don't I, you know, that's really helped me grow my business because I came in with all this marketing knowledge. Um, Mm -hmm. Why don't I make like a an Instagram content marketing calendar that's free that wedding photographers can download. So it was literally like little Instagram post prompts that they could take and implement into their business. And that I want to say that freebie alone brought in over 800 people. Um oh wow. Yeah. That and I mean, I don't, I think How did I did get it out to that many people. Okay. So here's the, here's the other thing. In 2019, 
Facebook ads, it was it was a totally different landscape. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was able to I ran Facebook ads to the freebie. So I think I created I created another freebie um, because I knew how like A B testing is can be so great. Um, and so I created another freebie. And then can you explain A B testing for people who might not know what that means? Yeah. So basically, if you're going to do an A-B test when it comes to marketing, you're going to create, and there's so many different ways to do it, but you're going to create like, you know, two different products. Well, I guess like you could do it so many different ways, right? You could do two different ad sets for the same product with different creative, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, but so what I wound up doing, I was like, I'm going to run three freebies for a month. And see if there's like a runaway f- favorite. Um, I think I did like a. It's funny because they've changed now in popularity, but like the Instagram one, there was an Instagram one, there was a phone consultation script template freebie, which is now oh, the one that brings in that one brings in that one has brought in the most consistent email subscribers of all time. Like I still get probably anywhere from like five to like 15 new subscribers a week wow and I, have, I haven't touched that blog post and i don't even know how long um and then i don't remember what the other one was i'm sorry but so like i did three and the instagram calendar was just like the clear runaway favorite and so then after that i put all of my ad budget towards the instagram one And so that was towards so the end had of the, the Facebook ads that led people to your blog post. And then they signed the Facebook ads didn't even go to the blog post. They went directly to the download, which now because I. For another online edu- educator helped with Facebook ad strategy. Now that that strategy on Facebook ads is a lot more expensive than running to a landing page and having the download. But back in 2019, it was very different. And so I just like, it was like, I let them straight to the product. And I want to say my like cost per lead was like under a dollar, which is when you compare it to industry standards (laughs) is so cheap. Like it did so well. And then I just kept building on that free, like that was the freebie that I would share when I did podcasts or I did a few like virtual speaking events in 2020. And so like that was the freebie that I would share. And it was so huge for growing my list. I don't know if that one's still in rotation. I probably should. But I don't think it is because I think it's kind of like outdated. And I think I, I did wind up updating that one maybe in 2021. And I just made it like more robust. But I think, I don't know where it is, TBD now. But, like, I think the thing about, like, building a freebie for yourself and your business is, like, it, like, again, like, it doesn't have to be this, like, perfect thing that's going to be super successful, like, right off the bat. A lot of marketing and, and this kind of stuff is all about experimenting. But if you can think about something that you really love to talk to talk about. And then 
does that resonate with your audience or does it fill a need for your audience is like the second thing to kind of like meet that to create something so valuable. Something that I like to think about too when I'm creating a freebie, especially if I want it to lead into a digital product is like, what's the first step? Like what's the first thing someone would need to figure out in this whole process? Mm -hmm. And then like, how can I give them that quick win in a freebie? Exactly. You know, so, so like that's my my little black book of stock photo agencies, right? The first step is in selling stock photography is you need to choose an agency and get accepted by that agency. So that freebie helps people do just that. And then from there, you know, if they want to learn more, then they can go on to purchase my course or my guide. and if they just want to do it on their own, like that's cool too. But yeah, it's like, I just like to think of it as like a progression, what the first step and then, you know, they can explore it that way. Yeah. I think that's such a smart way to look at it too, is like, what is the first step in the process to, you know, buying It helps to something. know your end goal, right? Yeah. Like to create almost like the journey first and then come up with, a few different freebies for like that first starting point. Exactly. Because like at that point in 2019, I wanted to create a course around simplifying Instagram marketing for people because mm-hmm. I think even even in 2019, people were making it far more complicated than it needed to be. And I mean, now I find Instagram more complicated than it needs to be from a platform point of view, right. um, <laughs> which is ironic. but. But yeah, and then another thing that I did, so about a year later, after I had just, I had started growing my list, and I want to say I probably hit like a thousand subscribers within six months. I'd have to like back check (laughs) that um, and go back and look, but um, I think I ran ads for maybe three months. Um, and then one thing I did in the summer of 2020, especially after all of my income got canceled, uh, I hired an SEO expert to, Mm -hmm. I created a couple more freebies that were like, maybe that's when I redid the Instagram calendar, but I made it like more robust and like more branded because it was literally like a calendar. Like it was just like a calendar document. <laughs> it was so simple. Like it wasn't very branded or anything like that. Maybe it was like in call. I don't even know. But so in the summer of 2020, I hired an SEO expert to help me create three blog posts that still exist today to just make them in the best possible shape for SEO that they could be in. And have the option at the bottom and those three blog posts still bring in subscribers. And then another thing I did in 2020 is I started a weekly newsletter that I wrote called The Happy Five. Uh, I remember that. I think I was on your list then. Yeah. And people really loved that. And I did it. I don't know how long I did it. I think I might have done it for like six to nine months. Until I got towards the end of my second pregnancy with my daughter, Stella. 
and I'm kind of like reviving it now. But anyway, so those are those are things that I did pretty early on in building mm-hmm. my list. And I think if you're going to start from total, if you're, if you're going to totally start from scratch, those are kind of the two routes I would recommend taking as somebody who's like going to tackle an email list from scratch. And then like, if you're a photographer. So basically like starting with a freebie or starting with some sort of like consistent themed newsletter. Yep. Yeah. If you're a photographer, your gallery host, like a pick time or a pixie set, whatever you're using, you can go into those emails and there should be, there'll be an option of like whether or not people have opted in for marketing emails. So you might actually like kind of have a head start and not know it. So you can go into your photo, your like your gallery host and see if um, you can download a list of people who have opted in to receive marketing emails from you and you might have like, you know, like my photography, my photography client list is like, I want to say it's like three or 400 something, but that's like, that's not like per client. That's like if a client shares their gallery with their mom, that person has visited right. the gallery, but every single person. So on pick time, I don't know what it's like with any other gallery host, but when they submit their email to view the gallery, they either check, like, yes, I want to receive marketing or not. Right. I know that Instaproofs does that as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a really good point. So then I think it helps for some people to not be starting from, like, yeah. zero. Like, it's more motivating to know that you have a little bit of a list built up. And... Yeah, like I remember the first thing I ever did was just like throw up a story and I was like, I'm starting an email list like this is what I'm going to be sharing and talking about. Like, if you want to be on it, like drop your email here. And I think there was like 20 people and that was enough for me. Like that was motivating enough to know that like those 20 people wanted to sign up to hear what I had to talk about. So sometimes, Yeah. yeah, it's just like gathering some emails so that you're not starting like from zero and like I'm kind of having I'm kind of like in this boat right now too where like I'm needing to remember that like everyone starts somewhere and like there aren't a lot of people who put up an Instagram story like that and just like get a list of 2,000 people like I think it's really easy to like look at all these people, <laughs> look at people online and see numbers yeah. of followers and compare yourself to that. Exactly. Um, I I actually have like like I am one of those people who had a very small list and was able to make a lot of money from <laughs> when I launched my first course. I think I had three people on my list and I made about $20,000. Wow. Like you do not have to have a huge list if you are like engaging and nurturing those people. Yeah. But you, you're kind of at an interesting point right now because you took a little break from your list. Do you want to share like what's going on with you right now with your email list? Yeah. Okay. So, 
I was a wedding photographer, needed to pivot from that. And so I pivoted into like coaching and the education space in 2020. When I'm going to try and make this as short as possible. When I had my, (laughs) when I had my second daughter, Stella, two years ago, I just felt this really intense, very shocking to the system shift in myself that I just no longer wanted to like do the coaching thing. I just like there, there, we could make this longer and I could try and explain it, but like, I don't know. Part of me was just like, I just don't think like this is for me. One of the hardest parts for coaching for me was like, like, I was working, but there wasn't being work produced. Does that make sense? Like, so like I would, I would help people. Right. And then they would go and do the work, which felt like very unsatisfying for me. Or sometimes they don't do the work or sometimes they don't. You have no control over that. And so I really just wanted to like produce work and like work towards a goal and like see a result and then analyze the result and make it better and I just was like and then the other thing with coaching is that it's very lonely like yes you are talking to people and you're helping them but like I think what's really cool about where I pivoted next was like I what I really love doing is like working on a team towards like a common goal or like a common vision was definitely missing for me in wedding photography and with doing coaching And so in early 2022, I had an opportunity to go on a team as a marketing director and help grow business. So that was really exciting. So for the past like two years, basically, I have been doing marketing consulting and services. And, you know, my one client, I built like a massive, massive, like multiple email funnels for them mm-hmm. that produced really awesome results. So like, that's really exciting. Was it hard for you though, to know that like your work was going towards building someone else's business? No, you know, it wasn't because it's not like, I guess it wasn't, it's hard to explain, I guess. Like I, I was, well, well, first of all, when I had really bad postpartum depression. And so like, I think when you run your own business and you are your own product, you have to really have a solid sense of confidence that I just like lost and I just no longer had. So it was so much easier for me and it felt so great to like use my knowledge and skills and talents to build something rather than nothing so it was yeah I I can't imagine doing what I do now while also going through postpartum like your whole world get just like turned upside down and and you almost like lose a sense of yourself for a little while you do and it's not like it's yeah, we, like I could go on and on about like depression. And it was like for me, I had never experienced depression 
ever, like not even for a minute in my life until I had my second daughter. And so it was just a very startling experience. I've never, like, I've never had to like get motivated before. Like, <laughs> it was very odd. It really shook me and made me feel like I wasn't myself. And so like going to work for somebody else and like using my skills and talents, but not having to like, and it's funny because like when I went on to work for this person, the first thing she said to me, she was like, you're a star. Like, are you really, are you really like, okay to work behind the scenes? And I was like, that is exactly what I need right now because I need to build my confidence back up. Like I need to produce work, use my skills and talents, feel like I have a brain, feel like my brain isn't wasting away at home with a baby all day, right. but I'm not, I'm not in any position to like be the star mm -hmm. because that was a concern of this client. She was like, I'm worried that like, you're going to get so bored of this. And I was like, I don't, I don't see that happening right now. But anyway, so that was like, for me, it was like the best case scenario because I was able to do what I love and get really nerdy about it and like be behind the scenes. And like, I was like, I was ideating, strategizing, creating the work and producing it and seeing the results and analyzing the results and figuring out how, how we could do stuff better. And I just like, I And just you had a team thrive. sort of like, yeah. like a... Yeah, like you, you didn't, you probably didn't feel alone anymore. Exactly. And like, I got to talk to other adults every day, <laughs> which is That's like a huge, huge thing. Yeah. So I started doing that in 2022. And it was super. I like learned a lot, got to get so much experience in writing email funnels, sales pages, landing pages strategize for Facebook ads, really get to know our customers, our customer behaviors. And we really like figured out, like I worked with this client for a year and a half and we were really able to like nail like a repeatable formula to get people into a funnel and have them. That buy. is so valuable. <laughs> yeah. Repeatable revenue is so massive for growing a business. So I loved doing that. That was, that was so great. And so, and then I had another retail client for um, all of this year, but then both of my clients had to end contracts with me for budget reasons, which, you know, I like, I'm a business owner. I get that, like, you have to make tough decisions as a business owner. And so I'm not, I don't take things personally at all, but like, it makes sense, right? Like everyone's trying to improve bottom lines for Q4. But, but so I just kind of like in this position where like, you know, it's kind of like being like let go, except you don't get any severance. <laughs> right. Where I'm like, oh my, benefit. I'm like, oh gosh, like what do I do now? Like I've been saving for a potential maternity leave for the past two years. So like I have like a really healthy safety net to like land on. But I'm kind of like, I don't really know like where to go from here. I think like trying to onboard a new client in Q4 just sounds so intense and overwhelming. And I right. have the safety net. So I'm kind of just like going to take it. And then we'll probably hit the ground running in the new year to try and get, to try and get some 
you know, three or six month retainer clients. But like what I've kind of found too, I think with like being in the marketing service industry is like clients kind of have like, it's kind of like a one to two year maximum working with them. I think, I think my one client would love to bring me on full time if that opportunity comes. But like, I think there are some people who like, they just want like a refresh on the marketing because they think that's going to mm-hmm. solve all of their <laughs> issues. <laughs> but anyway, so I'm just kind of like taking a moment to just like breathe, which feels amazing because like this time last year, like last summer was like the the worst of my postpartum depression. For me, the worst part of, of postpartum comes once I'm done nursing. I have like this insane hormonal drop that just like yeah makes the whole world turn gray and it is so insane like so insane so the worst of my postpartum Mm -hmm. depression was actually this time last year like a year after I had my daughter and I just like it's crazy to me because um when I think about where I was a year ago so much has changed. Um, and I like have built the opportunity that I would have dreamed of last year. I like built right and is happening this year, which is just like crazy. Like I have a, like like an abundance of childcare, which I did not have <laughs> this time last year. And I have like I built a financial safety net for myself. Um you have some goals for yourself in this season where you're able to like kind of step back away from your um I don't because it kind of like just happened so it happened like I got like the call that my like one my one client that was left was terminating my contract on vacation and then like that sounds fun (laughs) yeah (laughs) fun way to find out in the middle of Uh, vacation yeah and I was like still working. I wasn't like I wasn't like not working, but we were still like overseas on a trip. But anyway. And so I spent like all of last week. So this was literally like mm, barely two weeks ago. That this is so like it's very <laughs> so it's like really fresh. fresh. And, and even like all last week, I was so jet lagged. I like couldn't cope with like being alive it was just everything felt so I know we were supposed to record and you're just like my energy no. is so low no one wants to listen no to <laughs> I wouldn't have been able to even like form sentences but like I actually have do you, you know Kayleen Ka- Kayleen Elise Suze yeah on I do fo- I follow her mm-hmm. okay so I have um I did I did a whole year of intuition coaching with Kayleen last year. And so I have not set any goals or intentions for this season yet because I have a session with her on Friday and that I never hear myself more clearly than I do in these guided sessions with her. And so I just haven't even tried to think about it until my session with her on Friday. I'm so excited. But what I did kind of, what did like come, yeah, she's like, oh my gosh, if you haven't, have you ever done an intuition session? No. Can you tell us what it's like? Oh my gosh. A little bit. I feel like, I feel like you would love it. 
I think I would. That sounds kind of like Allie. It's kind of like a, it's like a guided meditation. Like you're kind of in like a, I usually do them lying down. And it's kind of like a guided meditation, except like, it's like guided by Kaylian. And it's just like this carved out time to like really have a conversation with yourself where you have like a mediator to like be like, "Mm, is that like your mind speaking or is that like your true inner voice? Like, let's. That's like and she's like, probably using her intuition to guide the session too. I'm guessing. Yeah, so she has like all these certifications for like inner voice coaching, and it's just like she creates this really great space. And then like the other thing that's really helpful is like as things come up, like from your intuition, you're saying them out loud. Like Kayleen does a really great job of like going deeper. Like, hmm, like, yeah, why, like. Casey, like, why does your inner? I'm gonna voice have to feel... link her, link her in yes. the show notes because uh-huh. I think that people, my listeners, are all about using their intuition in their business. <laughs> yeah, it's so powerful. Like, actually, like the so the session that I did in November of last year, like, changed my life. <laughs> like, oh, it just wow. put me on this path that I could have never planned for myself. Like, mm-hmm. I kind of had a, a, a year of yes, where I just said yes to every single opportunity that came my way this year. And it's, like, led me down some really incredible paths that I just would have never explored on my own, especially when, like, I was just in a space last year where I was, like, I don't know what's next for me. And so, basically, like in in my session with Kayleen last November, which I scheduled for my birthday, and then I had like a a really, uh, I couldn't stop crying on my birthday last year. It was so rough, Aww. and I had to re- I had to reschedule it on her. But in our rescheduled session, like this, I literally saw this vision of like, I don't know who's the god of like war, Venus. It was literally like this Greek woman statue with all of these weapons. And I had this, and, like, in, like, this, like, meditative seat, I watched her, like, gather all of her weapons and, like, lay them down. And it was, like. Wow, that's really powerful. It's so wild. It was, like, and it's so funny because when we started the session, I was, like, I'm just, like, I'm ready to do something new. I'm ready for something new. Like, I'm ready to, like, go, 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 do, do, do. And, like, in the very first minute or two, like, all that comes up for me is this, like, slow down and surrender like actually I need to <laughs> like wait this was what not what I intended but <laughs> but like it was really this for me it was this message of like laying down the weapons against myself and like mm. not to turn this into like a total therapy session but like laying down the weapons against myself and like to just like surrender and so that was like the word that kept coming up for me in that session. And then right. Kayleen recommended this book to me called The Surrender Experiment by Michael. I always forget if it's A or B singer. <laughs> and he look it up. it's a really great book. It's kind of like a total like what he like keeps telling this story about how he like 
basically like the plot line is he moves into the woods alone because he doesn't want to talk to humans ever again. And then by the end of it, he's like a bajillionaire because he creates like a insane software program that sells for like billions of dollars. (laughs) But basically, he gets from man alone in the woods to billionaire software guy by saying yes to every opportunity the universe puts in front of him because he just puts his faith in the fact that the universe knows more than him. And so that's just kind of like the and I'm I don't I don't like subscribe completely to that. But like mm. it was very helpful for me to go into 2023 being mindful to not like bring out my weapons anytime an opportunity right. came, like weapons to be like, that's too much work. That's not going to be good for you. That's blah, blah, blah. That's going to be this. You're not going to be able to do this anymore. Like, I just like really focused this whole year of like putting all of those down to just mm-hmm. like see where things go. So here we are. <laughs> um, I'm technically like unemployed. But. And like, it's funny because like, I was still got that email list. I was, yeah, right. But I was talking to my husband about it. I was like, I was like, I just don't know. Like, I don't know that like, I want to go out and find more clients, but like, aren't I, I'm supposed to like say yes to like everything that like, blah, 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 like gear of yes. And my husband was like, you know, you can say like, you can say yes to saying no. (laughs) (laughs) that's a really good point and I was like yeah I guess I can and I mean technically right every time you say yes you're kind of saying no to something else yeah that's like but yeah and like sometimes like I have taken that too far in my life where like I have said no to things that like had I have said yes to it could have turned into like something but like I don't know. So that's just been like what this year has been about. And so I'm just kind of like trying to go with the flow there, like Mm -hmm. continuing to just say like, yes. Okay. So now I have all of this free time. (laughs) And like when I go back to um, my session with Kayleen from last year, like I talked a lot about wanting to like write and start writing again. And so I actually started my Substack the day after I had my session with Kayleen last year, which was November 22nd. But I hadn't touched it. And so I was kind of like, you know, and like and then, this is kind of like this is like the new blog sort of. Yeah, Substack is like and I'm I'm fairly new. Substack is like Google Reader revived if you were a Google Reader um obsessed um obsessive user like I was back in oh gosh it was probably like 2007 8 9 10 yeah I want to say it was like RIP by 2010 or 2011 I want to say like basically once Instagram came onto the scene yeah but so, yeah, it's a place where writers, I mean, pri- primarily right now, it's like journalists who um, write, like it's professional writers, like journalists, novel writers, um, mm-hmm. from what I've found, or like 
content, like people who have been in charge of like large media group content. So it's kind of like right now, it's very much professional writers, which is really intimidating. (laughs) I mean, I like have been like, I don't know that I would call myself a professional writer, but like writing has been a big part of my job forever. Mm -hmm. Press releases, pitches, Instagram captions, email, like marketing emails, sales page emails, emails in general. You're definitely like, a professional writer. I think yeah, it's podcast pitches, all of that. But like, right. Lifestyle writing. And like, I've had so many different blogs in my life. They might like I, I think I had my very first live or live journal. When I was like 12, 13. No, I don't remember that. Yeah, it was like pre MySpace live journal. So I many didn't blogs. really have access to a computer at that age, so it wasn't oh, wow. until like MySpace came along. That was yeah. Like my my dad, my dad was a software programmer and is now in IT. So like we, I don't remember not having a computer, but yeah. that's pretty oh, rare because I had a computer. It just wasn't something I was allowed to be on. <laughs> oh, okay, that too. No, my parents were like, "Whatever you do that leaves us alone, please do it." Right. <laughs> But so just this like lifestyle writing, it's kind of more and like essay writing is what I wanted to get into last year. So I was just like wanting to get back to writing. And and for a while last fall, I was writing to my email list once a week. But then once I signed another client this past February, I just I just didn't have the time because I barely had child enough childcare to like work the hours I was working. So I was working like before my kids woke up all like they were only at school for four hours a day. And then I was so I was working like, oh, my God, I was probably like working like 10 hours a day until July. (laughs) And then I added another podcast onto that. And I'm just like, how do I do all this stuff? Somehow I I don't even know. But I just didn't have time for it anymore. And I really missed it. How did we exist before childcare? It's so funny because, like, I was, were you self-employed while you were pregnant, like, before you had? Yeah, I was. Yeah. So, like, but, like, I even, like, remember, I still, like, I did, I, like, worked so much. But then, like, the last three weeks of my pregnancy with my first daughter, I literally watched the entire series of Grey's Anatomy from start to finish. That's literally all I did (laughs) for the last three weeks. It was great. But I mean, having like, so I stayed at home with my second daughter for six, like she didn't go to school until she was 16 months old. That was the only reason I was, I was able to work staying at home with her is because she was an incredibly, still is, incredibly consistent and reliable napper. She would take two, two hour naps at the same You're time so every lucky. day. Like <laughs> so reliable that I could like. So I could super confidently schedule a call. My first kid, no. Like, she wasn't like that at all until she was about 18 months to two years old. That's when she finally started napping, like, longer than an hour and consistently. And she's still upset, almost five. She still will nap for two hours when she's home with me. Um, So that's how I was able to, like, work and stay home with Stella until she was 16 months old. But now, and so for... 
first half of this year, they were only in school. They were in school from nine to 12, Monday through Friday, which basically like I would work in the morning, then get them up. My husband's got at 6 a.m. So I'm getting them ready all on my own. I know that you feel this pain too. So I'm getting them ready all, my, all by myself. Then I drop them off. I work for three to four hours, pick them up, get them settled at home. Then I get them both down for their naps. And I start like my second shift of work for the day. Mm-hmm. And it was just a lot of like push and pull. And it was just like not sustainable. I could like every time I got into like a work zone, I had to stop. And so that's that's really hard for me too. like having those breaks and like when you're like in the flow and like things are coming easily, but then you have to stop and start again. That is what really throws me off. It's so tough. And then also like. I just found myself in a constant state of work, parent work, and even like Mm -hmm. Once they're up from their naps, like I was still working and then trying to parent them. And I was like, I can't do this. This is not sustainable. Like it's worked thus far. Yeah. But it's not working anymore. And I think like that's a real, that's something that nobody really talks about. Burn out from that too. Yeah. Like, but I don't think enough people talk about in parenting. Like you don't just like find childcare and then like that's it for the rest of their lives. Like this is the system that's going to work forever. Like no one talks about like. It's always changing how sometimes like you do have to like our child care situation has changed like changed has changed ev- like almost every six months for the last five years. Like we have gone through a lot of different iterations because mm-hmm. I think sometimes that's just like how it goes and people don't talk about it enough that like just because like you have your kids settled in one routine, if it's no longer working for you, like you're allowed to change it. Yeah. So this summer, well, this summer is a whole other, a whole other <laughs> story. But like I decided to pull them out of school this summer because I was like, oh, that'll be so fun to be at home in the summer and we'll save money. Right. Oh my God, it was such uh-huh. a disaster. <laughs> and so this summer, I basically went to my husband. I was like, I, I can't do this like half day thing. So now we do, they go to school all day, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And it's just like makes the biggest difference mm-hmm. to like. Yeah, the half days don't work for me either. Like I, it was working for, it was working really great for a while because I found a really great co-working space right where I dropped them both off at school and so I could like when I went there like the four hours I was there like I worked nonstop. Mm -hmm. where like coming home like being in my house like seeing my like really comfy couch in the living room like it's just too hard sometimes to like be productive in my own house or like oh my gosh, the kids' laundry pile is adding up. I need to go put that on. And it just gets like very distracting for me where like going to an actual designated space is really productive for me. Mm-hmm. I get so distracted by chores too. Like especially because it's hard for me to think if like everything a chaotic mess. Yeah. But anyway, so, so my life's a mess. Feel free to follow my story at Casey Girl Taylor on Instagram. I don't really 
I'm definitely going to write. And and here's okay. So here's the thing. So I the thing with Substack is that people can grow a paid subscriber list. So most people to like subscribe to their paid, it's like $5 a month. It's like literally less than a coffee at Starbucks. And literally. I didn't realize <laughs> I I I was overconfident in thinking that people were going to be like it wasn't going to be that big of an ask for people to like want paid content for me. But like okay, so like that's like one thought. But then the other thought that I had in launching my Substack was like, I don't want to offer free stuff and then pull the rug out from people and be like, oh, by the way, like I'm planning on monetizing this. Now I'm going to want to charge you $5 for the stuff I was just giving you for free. So like in thinking about the strategy of like relaunching my newsletter to like hopefully like get paid to, you know, write really great content, um, I like did some research on what other people's strategies were and like. I like made a mistake like and it makes sense like why would people so like I launched this newsletter right and nobody's not one person has converted to to paid not even my mom not even my husband (laughs) and I was giving people like a 30-day trial and here's what for me as a marketing person I'm like okay why like what went wrong what did I do wrong and like pretty much I know instantly number one I haven't emailed any of these people in a year. They're like, wait, who are you? Two. And I haven't given them valuable content in a year. So they're like, what? Why? I don't get it. I don't understand. Two, most of these people, I don't think actually know how Substack works. They don't get it. They don't understand it. They're going to need explaining. And so it's a good, I mean, it's a good lesson for like, you can't just like, throw out an offer that nobody knows anything about you haven't like I haven't given anybody any value yet I just showed back up and was like hey I'm unemployed and this is what I'm doing (laughs) I think it's the same thing with like courses and digital products and I hate it I see people giving up too soon because they they do the same thing they launch something that they've been working on that they know a lot about but like the people their audience doesn't know anything that's going on behind the scenes they don't yep. know what they're working on and it's gonna <laughs> take time for them to to be caught up to where you're at right so yeah and so I was kind of like and first of all I was like why did I decide to do this like I'm jet lagged but like here's the thing you can't like don't be afraid to be human don't be afraid to make mistakes you cannot have success without making mistakes you will not be successful unless Agreed. you make enough mistakes <laughs> yeah. to figure out what is going to make you successful and like what what your audience wants from you like like i said we with my one client it took us a year to figure out okay, here is the formula that this customer base, and I mean, this is not a small customer base. Like we like doubled their, I think we almost tripled their email list in a year and a half. And so, but like all of our analytics for the email list kept going up. Open rate kept going up. Click went, kept going up. Revenue kept Mm -hmm. going up. So we're growing the list, but we're also, we're, 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 getting to know our client on an even better level because we keep 
looking at the pattern and trying to improve it. And so like the best way to learn who your customer is, is to just keep making mistakes and then keep showing up after them. Keep asking the question why, like, you know what, this didn't work. Let me try and think about why. And then like, you just like shift a little. So for me, like my newsletter is going to go out again tomorrow. I'm going to write a little note and be like, hey, like this wasn't the best way to approach this. So this is how we're going to do it moving forward. Like, like this Thursday newsletter is going to be free. And then there's going to be some like bonus add-ons that'll come in a few months. Once I've proven to my audience that I provide something valuable enough, like, and so I've just like re-strategized my whole plan. And like, that's okay. Like being a human is okay. And honestly, like you can't, you can't get to where you're going unless you're willing to like make the mistakes and learn from them. Which like, I think people crave that honesty too, because exactly, you know, like no one talks about those failures. So especially when you're looking up to people and you're like, I want to do what they do, but like, how come I just can't get it right? But in the meantime, like they're failing too, and they're not talking about it. Then it's almost like you have this like, unrealistic ideal that you know like you assume that other people aren't failing or making these mistakes all the while they are you just don't know about it and you think that you're alone in your failures yeah which is crazy because everybody for how much like people show on the internet about their mistakes and their failings I would like multiply it by anywhere from four to ten like they're Absolutely. actually doing like four to ten times worse than you think they are um and like oh my gosh there's like I really want to do either an essay or like a solo podcast episode just on like the coaching industry online coaching industry and like the it's like the 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 performance of these people well, we could we could write a like book on that scamming <laughs> scamming the innocence on the on on the internet but like i think like and it sucks because there are people on the internet who are small business owners like you and i who really do have a lot to offer and we really do we really are experts in our arenas and we do have a lot to offer to people and what sucks is that like those big scammy people are like casting a big shadow over people like us and I hate that for us because Mm -hmm. I think you and I and Jordan like create really great community spaces for learning and brainstorming and connecting and helping people build their business but anyway so like all that to say that the people who are looking like they are not making any mistakes ever have probably made more mistakes than you can ever imagine because you just can't unless you are like your your mom is Taylor Swift you're like born as Taylor Swift's <laughs> human like it just doesn't like happen you know what i mean like you right. like you have to make mistakes to be successful 
like unless yeah or you're like a kardashian baby like those are the only exceptions unfortunately for all of us but like i don't know when i when i think about stuff like that like i kind of sometimes think that people who are born into those kind of situations like look at prince harry like their lives in order to prove to themselves that they're valuable beyond who they were born from sounds so mentally challenging okay again we're getting into Mm -hmm. like a therapy session here but like (laughs) I just I find so much satisfaction by working hard making the mistakes getting back up doing the hard things because like the results the end result doesn't feel as exciting if the work isn't hard, like I always go back to like when I'm having a hard moment, when I want to quit something because it's hard and I just want my life to be easy and blah, blah, blah. I always think about like training for, I used to do a 70 mile bike race every summer with my family. And then I've also trained for a half marathon before and like, and then giving birth, right. (laughs) It's another like physical experience. I'll go back to It's like, oh my God, that thing was so hard. But I worked for it and I did it. And like those feats of hard work for a really amazing like end result. Just feels 10 times better in the it end. It just, yeah, it really, really does. Like it, the, the feeling of satisfaction is so much better when you put in the sweat equity. And so I yeah. think it can be easy to just like want everything to be easy But I kind of think the harder you work for something and the more blood, sweat, and tears that goes into it, the better. Yeah, I agree. And I think it's good to, like, experience some pushbacks and some setbacks like that because then the next time you're going to be able to get yourself back up and, like, keep moving just, like, that much quicker. And... yeah. Yeah, I think it's like, like those are the people that eventually find great success that is like sustainable. Yeah. Like the people who can learn to be consistent, regardless of like how many times they fail or what their results are, like time, like they just keep going. And that's, I feel like, where you can really find true sustainability in your business. Yeah. I mean, I have, gosh, I think I'm coming up on eight years of being self-employed and I've been profitable in my business every single year since the year I started and I've had some seriously rough goes at it and seriously Mm -hmm. rough years (laughs) and so many times where I've wanted to quit. But for me, it's like, I'm like, if I quit, like, that means that I have to like go get a job and work for somebody else. Which is so much worse for me than to just, like, keep doing the hard thing. Right. So, and, like, I think as you get older, you, like, are, you start getting better at setting, like, more realistic expectations for yourself. Especially, like, for me, like, I'm a mom. We are trying to have another baby. I already have two insanely energizing, chaotic independent opinionated little girls that exhaust me it's like I sleep I sleep better now than I ever have in my entire like everyone's like oh you you don't sleep in oh 100 I sleep better than I ever have and probably ever will because 
my daily life exhausts me so much that I am out for eight hours straight every night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you live harder. No trouble sleeping, people. My life is so, it's so beautifully exhausting. But I just think like for me, like with this, with starting this Substack, like I definitely had expectations of like maybe 20 people buying in. I have a list of, I, I have, I had a list of 1400 that I launched to. And I was like, okay, so like, let's like, maybe like 20 to 40 people will like buy in the first week. No one. Guys, not one person. And and not even that, but like only and like you four. are like, let's just reiterate, like you are a highly experienced marketer, email marketer. You have worked for some amazing yep. companies and personal brands and brought them incredible results. And then like you still feel like you made a mistake. And yeah. you're okay with it. Like yep. we should all be okay to embrace the fact that we're gonna make mistakes. You know, this is not your first go at it. And like, it's just going to happen and we can expect it to happen. And just, you know, as long as you're like, you've already got a plan. You're like, okay, we're going to like, we're going to pivot. We're going to try this again. We're going to admit our mistakes to to our. It's never. Yeah. You can always course correct. And I also just like think people are so refreshed by honesty. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, I feel like you might even have some signups just from like some pity signups. Well, <laughs> not pity, but they're like, I feel like they'll oh. be like, oh, this is refreshing. Like, this is kind of this is what I want to hear. This is what the content yeah. that I'm looking for in my life. Yeah. So we'll see. I'm going to. I have that second issue of the newsletter will go out tomorrow, but. But not to focus on, like, how it didn't work. (laughs) Yeah. I just, like, I really want to create a space. Like, first of all, like, for me, like, it's kind of more for me than it is for other people. I just want to share the work. But I really just wanted to, like, what I've been craving so much over the past probably three to four months is, like, I really miss creating for myself and like having creative expression. Like it can kind of feel like when you're doing mark, like when you're a service provider, right. And you're like working for another person. Like, I guess what I'm trying to say is like, so I had two clients. Right. And so I would always get a little bit insecure. Like, Oh, if they see me creating content for myself, are they going to think that like, I'm not completing the work for them? Mm-hmm. That's like a little bit of like a toxic pattern that I got from working for very toxic people early on in my career. But it was like where like if I like put on social media that I was like having drinks after work and I like left a little bit early, which let's be real early was like 7 p.m. Like I would get feedback from my boss being like, well, so-and-so saw that on Facebook you were having oh. some of your friends when you should have been here working on this thing because everybody else was here working blah 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 so I have that yeah toxic thing in the back toxic. of my brain but I was just like I wanted to create content for myself and I just had that in my head like oh gosh if they see me creating all this content doing all this stuff are they going to think that like I'm not getting their work done which would never be true because right. I'm too proud of my work to ever <laughs> not but it was just like 
it just was this like insecurity. It's most likely a like, story you built up in your head. Yeah, exactly. And so I'm like, okay, now I'm going to be free of that. And I can just like create for myself, which is really exciting. And I think for me, like the biggest part is going to be like vulnerability and being real and honest and just like creating content for myself again, which I used to love doing so much. And I lost that confidence for a while and now now it's back. So yeah, but I mean, I think email marketing is also like if you are one of those people that's not into posting reels or showing up on Instagram every day, but you still want a way to connect with people. I think email marketing is the perfect thing for you because, I mean, I often, I feel like people who dislike Instagram, they end up having a lot of fun with email marketing. Yeah. It's not as like, you don't get like that instant gratification, but you're building a connection that seems to be 10 times stronger because when people are reading your email, like they're not as distracted. They can't just like swipe to the next story and forget about it. It's like people are just in a in a more I don't know how to like Well, it's one to one. Like it's an it's a more intimate experience it's because much it's from intimate. me to you. That's versus okay. from me to my Instagram followers. So it's a lot more intimate. And and like the the other thing that I was telling you is like I've noticed my Instagram story views have like doubled in a week. And yeah, I mean, that the only is explanation so interesting is because I kind of, you know, I sent out Next two time. emails and people were like, what the hell is happening? <laughs> Who is this person? And so, you know, I, I think we, like we could do a part two on like how to like re-engage your list if you haven't emailed them. Or something like that, maybe maybe after the Q4 Quantum Leap course. But what we're what I'm really going to be focusing on teaching people with the Quantum Leap course is how to how to build a sales funnel in your email, which like will be really easily translated into like a welcome because a welcome is selling yourself essentially so we're gonna I'm gonna break down like the foundations of Mm -hmm. how to create a sales funnel to sell any product that you have even if it's your wedding photography services even if it's your coaching services or if it's a downloadable product or if it's a purse or a necklace whatever it is I'm, I'm going to you know give you the formula of how you would create a sales funnel and then what i'm really excited about is and i just out- add like the great thing about those is that they're automated yes and, and then you, you set and forget them one yeah yeah and once you have like okay so like the, it, it can get very complex like literally with my one client we like made a giant map of the funnels because like once you have a funnel that works really well, you can you can repurpose it in really creative ways so that your freebie is maybe appealing to 
a customer that's within your customer base, but you know, you kind of like get different people for different reasons, but then they're all going through for the most part, this same funnel that converts. And so you're not making a brand new sales funnel for every single product or freebie that you have, but like you can really create this formula. Of course you have to test this, right? So like you have to test this and you have to watch your data and you have to like do all of that, which I'll also. You're going to teach. Yeah. (laughs) It's like where to try and find the holes in your funnel Mm -hmm. so that you can keep working on them. But, But once you have found your your pattern like and it's repeatable like it's just awesome and you can really repurpose the one successful funnel in a bunch of different ways and so I'm so excited for that even like for myself I'm like I am really excited to go through this and for those of you who feel like this sounds really complicated I promise like the way that Casey teaches yeah, you just have a great way of being able to like simplify things in a way that's easy to digest and understand. Yeah, that's so that's really important to me that we make it like step by step. Here's what you will do. Here's the formula. Here's why we do it this way. But then, you know, the other thing that I'm really excited about is like once we see the group, the email templates, I'm going to try my best to like tailor towards who we have in the group so that they're like in the best shape possible for you to customize and, and, and add your own stuff there. So that's going to be really fun for me. When you sign up, when people sign up for this course, we're going to have like a questionnaire sort of thing so that we can gather all this information. And then like Casey is saying, she's going to tailor some of these not the lessons, but the templates, the templates. Yeah. So that's so exciting too. It's just like going to bring so much value to these templates. Yeah. I'm so excited. Yeah. Well, Casey, thank you so much for sharing your tips and your failures (laughs) and reminding us that we don't have to be perfect on our first try or on our Second, third. 5,000. Yeah, you can look forward to Casey's lessons in the course that is open right now, actually, when this podcast comes out. Ooh, yay. Yeah, Casey, where can we, like, connect with you more, find you, or get on your email list? Yeah, so, how can you... (laughs) Yeah, my Substack will be linked by next week on my Instagram profile. I am on Instagram at Casey Crow Taylor. My chaotic website is CaseyCrowTaylor.com. <laughs> Where else am I on the internet? I think that that's it for now. I'm, I'm Casey Crow Taylor on Substack too. Pretty much find me anywhere. I will that. be sure to link all of those as well. Awesome. Well, thanks again, Casey, and I hope everyone got a lot of value out of this episode. I know that I took a lot of notes myself, and I'm definitely looking forward to taking lessons from Casey in Q4 Quantum Leap. So I hope everyone has a great week, and I will talk to you again next week. Bye.